Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I'm so glad you came back with us today. I know there are so many things you can be doing and I am so honored once again that you have chosen to listen to this podcast. Um, There are lots you can listen to. When you're done listening to this, go listen to Amy's podcast. Or maybe you listened to hers already and now you're listening to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. We are here to encourage you, both myself and Amy. And, uh, you know, we do not take it lightly um, what the Lord has allowed us to do and being on on this side of the microphone, this side of the camera to bring encouragement to you uh, through scripture and uh, just through experience. Um, Amy is an experienced homeschool mom. She just graduated her oldest and we're, we're getting close to that. Um, our oldest is going into her senior year and oh man, it goes by so fast. Um, it's it's shocking. I know I've said that lots of times, but it's so weird. I just feel like it was yesterday, you know, that we were at the store and all the old grandmas are like, oh, enjoy them while they're young. It goes by so fast. And and like, you know that that's happening, but it just, man, it's like the blink of an eye and they're grown up. And so uh, so we're, we're doing our best to enjoy this, this last year of school with Brooklyn and uh, preparing for that. And at the same time, you know, Amy, you talked about it not becoming an idol. And I find myself sometimes like, oh, I have to do all the right things. And did you feel like as you were getting closer to the end with your oldest, like the pressure, like you were in this pressure cooker, like, oh my goodness, there's so much more to get done. And we have to get it all done before May. (laughs) Yes, definitely. It can be overwhelming. And that's where I would just have to like freak out privately to my husband. And he'd try to calm me down or remind me like, Lord is still with them even after they graduate. Like you don't have to know everything by the time you're 18, thankfully. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. Praise, praise God for that. I was talking with Brooklyn about that the other day about how, you know, your learning doesn't stop. She's like, I know learning is a lifelong thing. And, And I think just because I had that mentality as a high schooler that, you know, once high school was over, I was done. Like I was done learning. I was done being a student. And I, it didn't occur to me that, oh, I can learn more in my adult life. And I actually will learn a thousand times more in my adult life than I ever learned in my schooling as a child. So anyway, we're going to get back into our conversation. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. Try them out. You guys, it's free. I should say y'all. I got to get used to saying y'all because I'm in in Oklahoma now. Y'all, try them out for free. ctcmath.com. All right, we're back though with Amy. We kind of ended the last um, episode on Monday with talking about how all of our kids respond differently to the exact same methods, the exact same parenting methods, the same homeschooling methods, but all of our kids are different. How do we nurture relationships in the midst of a hard season? Because I feel like every child, we go through a hard season. Sometimes it's when they're two or three. Sometimes it's when they're 16. And that can that can kind of shake a parent, right? And so you've you've got your kids from I think you said your youngest is eight, right? Yes. Um, so from eight to eighteen, certainly as we have in our family, certainly you've had some times in there where you've just been in a hard season with a particular child. What have you done to nurture relationships with those kids during those hard times? It is really easy when you're in a challenging season for that to just somehow define the entirety of your relationship with your kid. And if it's a real challenging, like interpersonal challenge, not just academic challenge, that can be a really negative, a negative space to be in. And so there are a couple things that I have done that have 
brought some joy and peace and relationship strengthening in the midst of those hard times. One is to remember the way that God loves us, which is while we were his enemies, he sent Jesus to die for us. And so just that rem- that reminder that that's how we can love our children. We don't have to wait yeah. until they deserve to have um, a fun time with mom, to give them a fun time with mom. Um, there have mm. been times and seasons when there has been a child, things have been really hard, and I have chosen to do a chore for that child. Something I was like, this is a tangible way I can show them that I love them apart from the way they're treating me. Now, I'm not saying, you know, enabling them and like never making them do their chores, but I mean like sure. out of the blue, something that they didn't deserve, but was a tangible way to show love. Another thing I did most recently um, with my oldest when he was in the midst of a lot of really stressful, like college, what's going to happen with my life kind of decisions. It felt like all of our parent-child interactions at that point, or parent-teen, I guess, were kind of about this like stressful, big decisions. And so I decided, hey, you know, can we put this time on on the calendar and let's just go for a walk together? And before we walk, I want you to know the rules for this conversation. You can talk to me about whatever you want to talk about, but mom is not allowed to ask you a single question about anything related to school or your future life. I just want you to know that this is just like, I, I love you and I want to be with you. Mm. And that was like, I could just see this like, oh, like not, okay, what's mom going to ask me next? But it was like, oh, okay, right. we can just be together. That I think if you can find ways to just disassociate <laughs> the challenge sometimes just from, hey, I love you. I just want to be with you. That can be really helpful. And then one yeah. last quick practical thing is sometimes you have that kid who's the real easy kid. And so you're so busy problem solving with all these other people that you don't really pay attention to that kid because they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. Be careful with that. Make sure you're purposeful, even if it's like, hey, you want to come with me to the grocery store? Hey, can you come and run this errand with me? I have a child who is definitely that kid, real easy to parent, easy to homeschool. And I'm trying to be very aware that I spend as much time with her as I do with some of the more challenging people. What do you see as in in your homeschool and in your family, what do you see as the role of the Holy Spirit? Because as we're trying to lead our kids to, to Jesus, right? And we always talk about this, like we can't do this on our own. The Holy Spirit's gonna help us. The Lord's gonna help us through this. But what does that even mean? I think I, some you know homeschool parents might be like, what, what do you even mean by that? What is, mm. obviously, you know, the Holy Spirit part of the Trinity. Talk about that, though. Talk through what is the role of the Holy Spirit when it comes to homeschooling and parenting our kids. I think one really good thing to remember is that the Holy Spirit um, is life-giving through the Word of God. So through the scriptures of the Old and New Testament, um, it is living and active. And that is one very important way in which the Holy Spirit comes into our homeschools every day as we bring the Word of God into our homes and into our homeschools. But if you don't mind, I have a few Bible verses I printed ahead of time related to this topic. This is from Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. And God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments 
and do them. And so there you see this like combination of, okay, a new heart, a love for God's law, and then the ability to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that is such a beautiful, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like the Holy Spirit is there, not just in our hearts, but working in our children to give them eyes to see and ears to hear, to know it, but then to also be able to walk in it, which is just amazing. In John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I, and this is Jesus speaking, the words that Jesus speaks to you are spirit and they are life. And that reminds me kind of going back to what we talked about on Monday. You know, it's not just about picking the right curriculum, doing the right check boxes, following the right formula. That's the flesh and it profits nothing, right? If that's what we're just clinging to as our source of hope. But it's the spirit who gives life, who takes these, these laws, these good things that God has given and actually brings life and change. So, I mean, I have I have more verses, but you probably don't have Well, feel free them. to share them. We've got time. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll read one more. We could just read scripture for the rest of this episode, and I would be totally happy with that. <laughs> I mean, well, it, that would be the Holy Spirit at work, right? Right. <laughs> okay. So Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And I have a Bible song that my kids and I sing to this. And at the end of that, they go, praise God. So whenever I read that verse, I want to, I want to praise him because he <laughs> sets us free. You know, we do not have to be slaves to our sin. We're not under the burden of having to do it all to earn God's favor. He loves us because of Jesus. And yeah. so if he already loves us for the sake of his son, we get to walk in freedom and in holiness. Yeah, I, in, that's that's freeing. That's life giving, and the Spirit gives us that life. Yeah, I want to park there for just a second because I think that's such an important point. Is that we sometimes feel, or maybe people who who don't know the Lord, um, I should say, feel like if we give our lives to the Lord, if we surrender everything to Him, it's going to be oppressive somehow, right? And it's the complete opposite of that. There is so much freedom in Christ. And that's that's where true joy and hope comes from. And I feel like as I get older, I learn that more and more and more is that when I try to do things on my own, I just fall apart. I mean, there's just so, and, and I mean, you look at our world trying to do things on their own, right? And if <laughs> I just want to be like, if you would just surrender to Jesus, everything would be so much better. But people are looking for happiness in every other way instead of going to the only one who brings joy and hope and freedom. And it's no different than it is, you know, with us as homeschool parents is that there's so much more freedom in Christ. That is truly where our joy and our hope comes from. Um, and so I love that. I love that, that verse. That's a good one. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with another. <laughs> we'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. 
Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Amy. Um, I love, you know, before the break, you were, you were reading scripture on the Holy Spirit and just the freedom that we have in Christ. And even as we have that freedom in Christ, I feel like as as moms, as homeschool moms, especially because we have so much on our plates, whether we have one kid or 10 kids, we can so often just feel tired and we can feel worn out and we can just feel like we're at the end of ourselves. Talk about that. Like how do we, we, we find freedom in Christ, but how can we find rest in Christ as well? You know, I think a lot of times as homeschool moms, it's really easy for us to put our entire identity who we are, the purpose and meaning and significance of our life in our work as homeschool mom. Like that's who we are. And that is so draining because we're having to constantly strive and work and do more to try to achieve greatness either in front of other people or even maybe secretly we think in order to please God. And I think if we can have our identity truly and who we are in Jesus Christ, it changes everything. As Christians, we talk a lot about how Jesus died for our sins, right? So it's removed the guilt and the shame and the um, the burden of, of yeah. that sin. But sometimes we forget the other side. Jesus also lived for us. He didn't just mm-hmm. die to pay for the sins, the death that we deserved, but he also lived and fulfilled the law of God for us. You know, the theologians call that the active obedience of Christ, right? And so he has already done all the things for us. And so when God looks at us, he doesn't just see that our sins are covered, but he also sees us clothed in this righteousness of Christ. And when Mm -hmm. you can really start to grasp just how amazing that grace is. That gives you um, freedom and joy to know that your God already rejoices over you because of Christ. And instead of having to constantly strive and try to perform and do better and be better, you can say, Jesus is perfect. He already did everything necessary. And so then I can walk in joy and in rest in Him. Yeah. Yeah. And this goes back again to the work of the Holy Spirit in us, right? We've got Jesus who came, who sacrificed, who lived among men and who lived as as we do, kind of, you know, in human form, but perfect. Um, and oh, how I wish we could live that way. <laughs> could you imagine? Imagine having Jesus as your son. Imagine homeschooling him. <laughs> it would be amazing. Like he would literally be the perfect homeschooled student. <laughs> he would never disobey. He would never throw tantrums. He would always do the things that we're wanting him to do. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not God. <laughs> and uh, and we're not little gods, nor will we ever be. And uh, I, I look forward to the day we get to heaven and get to just uh, just glory and, uh, and perfection with him um, alongside of him. But on this side of heaven, um, we don't have that. And so, yeah, it can be so overwhelming. Um, but knowing that our identity really is in Christ is an incredible 
um, realization, I think, that so many moms need to understand because we do try to do it all on our own. And uh, we certainly can't. And it really is only the gospel that, again, brings that peace and hope into our homeschool and into our families. How do we, other than just living that out in front of our kids, how do we help our kids to see that? How do we help them to see that the Lord is the one who brings hope, that He's the one who brings peace, and that their identity is Him? How do you do that practically with your kids? Well, there are a few ways I think that we can really bring Christ to the center of our homeschools. Again, I think I mentioned this before, not just sort of baptizing a Bible verse on a on a math page right. or, okay, let's do a Bible lesson, really helping our children to see it as comprehensive life. And mm-hmm. one is just being faithful to attend worship with a local mm-hmm. body of believers to not look for the perfect church, because I hate to tell you this, as soon as you get there, it's not a perfect church anymore. (laughs) Um, And to make sure that you're going somewhere where they're pointing you to Jesus. They're preaching the gospel, the whole word of God, right? Um, That's the most important thing, to see our children know this is not a non, you know, this is a non-negotiable. Like our family worships the Lord with his people every week. And then to also throughout the week, have family devotions. And I think sometimes this yeah. can feel scary to people, like intimidating. Um, I actually did an interview with my husband about getting started with family devotions, and it was one of my favorites. It's something I, I love about my husband. We had our first family devotions on our wedding night, and um, it's been a pretty much consistent thing um, ever yeah. since. But it, we just read the Bible. We just start in Genesis and read to Revelation, and then we start back at the beginning. It can be as simple as reading a few verses together, praying together, singing a Bible song or a hymn or a psalm. But just knowing, again, our children know this is just what we do. We don't see if it fits in the schedule tonight or if we're too busy or too tired. It's that right. priority. It's that first thing. Yeah. And then along with that would be making sure we're bringing scripture throughout the whole day as well. So not just on Sundays, that's important. Not just in family devotions, that's important. But even in our our morning routines, are we memorizing scripture with our children? Do we have Bible songs that are scripture set to music? You know, are they just having their minds saturated in the word yeah. of God? And those those are three really important things. And I think yeah. another thing that's maybe hard for us sometimes as parents is to make sure we're repenting in front of our children. We kind of want our kids to look up to us, right? And we're the source of authority in their in their in their home right now, right? And so we we think, wow, that means I have to really stand for my own rights and make sure they know to respect me. But it's really important that we repent to our children when we've done wrong. Yeah. And that they yeah. see us repent to our spouse when we've sinned against our spouse or just to have that humility. We are modeling for them what it means to live a Christian life what it means to love and worship God. So are they seeing someone who hides their sin, who pretends like they're doing it on their own? Or are they seeing someone who um, needs Jesus? I often tell my kids, mom needs Jesus too. This is not just something I'm telling you to do. Mommy needs Jesus. We all all come together on the same level playing field when, when we're coming towards our Savior together, hand in hand with our children. 
Yeah, I yeah. love that. And so much of what we do with all of these things, with, you know, worshiping with other believers, with, you know, the humility of being able to apologize, of family worship, our kids will take that into their homes and into their adult life as well. And again, you know what? They're going to do things differently than we will, but I hope, and, and, and our family is exactly the same way. Our family devotions every day, that is just a non-negotiable. And there are times when our girls will be like, can we just not do it tonight? And we're like, no, you know, they, they've got something going on. Maybe they're watching a movie or they're talking with a friend on the phone and no, you can call your friend back or you can turn the movie back on when we're done, but we're going to spend this time together in God's word. And, um, and it's, there, there is nothing better than reading the word together as a family and uh, just showing your kids how important that is in their daily life. Like it's just like brushing your teeth. It's just what you do. That's good stuff. We're out of time. We're going to come back tomorrow, talk more about this stuff. Amy, tell us one more time where people can find you. You can find me at humilityanddoxology.com. And I'm Humility and Doxology, all the places online, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And then the podcast is Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology. Sounds great. We'll link those in the show notes. You guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Stick around till the end of the show for a preview of what's coming next on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. We don't yeah. want our children to, you know, be virtuous pagans. I, I have yeah. no desire to raise virtuous pagans. Um, those who can discern critical theory a mile away and follow all the rules and get good grades and get good test scores and be the perfect little poster child, adorable homeschool children. If they can do all those things and they do not know Jesus, what yep. does it profit them? What does it profit them to gain the whole world and to lose their souls?